Martin with a large, clumsy gesture, not at all suggestive of the cultivated Prince of Denmark. A truant disposition, no doubt. Appleby smiled and threw his ancient Panama hat on a chair. I won't pretend that I left London with any idea of running you to earth. Didn't you now? Packford seemed to find this disclaimer oddly amusing. You haven't brought a warrant, eh? Or extradition papers, or whatever they're called? Nothing of the sort, I'm afraid. And it's less a matter of running you to earth than of running you to water. Appleby had walked over to a window. Good Lord, what a view! Splendid, isn't it? Packford lumbered over to join him and stared out unseeingly. You can just spot Sermione from the terrace. Sweet Catullus's all but island olive silvery Sermio. My God, Appleby, what a line! Oh, yes, indeed. Appleby wasn't inclined to dispute this literary judgment. Probably Tennyson had never juggled his vowels and consonants to better effect in his life. But there wasn't the slightest reason to suppose that Packford possessed an atom of literary taste. That was part of the chap's fascination. All his investigations were totally ungoverned by the slightest awareness of the actual substance of the stuff he dealt with to such triumphant effect. The lady who enunciated the classic proposition that art is beautiful was own sister to Lewis Packford. In aesthetic matters the man's great bulk floated on a large, full tide of vague enthusiasm. The stuff was, by definition, tip-top. Waving your arms, you received it with shouts of wonder and joy, and then you got down to a stiff bit of detective investigation next door to it. But even if the detective investigation hadn't been as good as anything the CID turns up, Appleby couldn't possibly have felt superior to Packford. The man rejoiced too much in the spirit of life that was in him. I was uncommonly lucky to pick up this place for the summer. You saw the villa? Appleby nodded. Your retainer in the kitchen told me you'd be down here. It's a nice place. The villa's modest, of course, very modest. But this summer-house affair belongs to another age. It's rather grand, don't you think? I like the grotesque on my walls. All these little nudes like amorous shrimps. No vice in them, but lively. And this is the best position on the lake, if you ask me. I think it may well be. Appleby continued to admire the prospect. It was precisely like Packford, he thought, to take his large, innocent pride in his casual acquisition for a season. Over there's no good at all. Packford gestured vaguely towards the southwest. Sort of Riviera nowadays, but on this side you get hardly anybody. Even the roads, the secondary one. German tourists coming over the Brenner tend to take it, of course, if they're making for Verona. You know Verona? Yes, and I'm joining my wife there this evening. Appleby turned away from the view to glance at Packford. It was second nature to him to catch any shade of significance in the tone of a voice. Had there been a faint enigmatical reverberation in Packford's as he named the city of the Montagues and Capulets? Do you go there much? he asked. To Verona? Packford looked extravagantly blank. Oh, no, not at all. I'm told they filmed Romeo and Juliet largely in Siena, more undisturbed medieval settings than you get in Verona. Ah, yes. 
Packford again looked blank, but presently proceeded, almost conscientiously, to quotation. Two households, both alike in dignity, he declaimed, in fair Verona where we lay our scene. A wonderful idea, to open with a sonnet, and what a play! <laughs> Packford paused, and suddenly his features seemed to transform themselves and sharpen. But there's a great puzzle there, you know. In Romeo and Juliet. Bang in the sonnet Willie the Shake writes by way of prologue, last line of the third quatrain. Oh, I don't remember it. To call Shakespeare Willie the Shake, Appleby was thinking, was the sort of prep school facetiousness that it took a Packford to rejoice in. Is now the two hours traffic of our stage. <laughs> Packford chuckled. Go to the old Vic or to Stratford, my dear chap.